Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of That Voice in the Crowd. Today we're welcoming another debut guest in Paige Beatty. I really hope you guys are going to enjoy the conversation that we had as we get into some really hard-hitting topics. And, you know, in all honesty, they weren't easy conversations to have, but I definitely think that we've made progress and I've definitely learned something myself through having these conversations. Uh, unfortunately, we did take about two weeks to actually record it because of difficulties that we had with the apps. And unfortunately, that's resulted in the audio not being to its normal high standards. Um, I've tried to do the best that I can with it. But in all honesty, the topics that we cover and the conversation that we have, I think, is of a high enough quality um, that the audio can maybe be excused a little bit. So, again, forgive me for that. But yeah, go ahead and enjoy the show. I can't keep it together when I'm trying to start the episode. It happened with Vinny. I mean, you, you must have seen the end of that one where we just absolutely lost it trying to wrap the show up. I think I saw something where you were both, like, giggling. It was the clip, yeah. 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 Okay, anyway. Paige, hello. How are you? Um, good, <laughs> I don't know how to reply to that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Russian's not going too well for me. Really? All three trials have run out. <laughs> that happened to me. I haven't yeah. kept up either. No. But yeah, it's a nice language. It's really hard to learn. It's different. I, I, I couldn't respond either if I'm honest I know like three phrases so don't don't worry too much <laughs> it's, it's better than nothing though I feel definitely you know I mean to be fair I think I would rather have done Russian today than Italian because I've literally just finished an Italian class um oh. yeah we were bombing very hard really so it was on you're not even gonna know when I explain it but it was on direct object pronouns and it's something that we don't use in English, but that has to be used in Italian. So when you're trying to form a sentence, you have to form it because, I mean, we're not at the level yet where we can just form it in Italian. Mm -hmm. So you form it in English in your head and then translate it. I mean, sometimes you can do it in Italian straight away, but like, that sounds so, so you have to form it in the Italian format, but in English, which makes no sense. Mm hmm. And yeah, so this is why I don't do languages. Well, it's not that it's difficult, it's just that it's different. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? I've so, always wanted to go to Italy, so if you if you come with me, you can speak to everyone. And uh, hey, I mean, I'm down to travel. <laughs> cool, sorted then. Mm. But yeah, no, so do you travel? Did you travel much anyway before the pandemic? Um, I've only left the country once, and ever. I went to Portugal, ever, and that was very recently. Um, it was good, but I'm terrified of flying. 
Yeah. And I've got commitments here, which mean it's quite hard for me to leave the country anyway. Obviously, my horse. Yeah. Hope, yeah cool. Soon to be horses. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just don't really have time. No, fair enough. No, that's fair enough. Cause... Have you travelled anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> um, Where have you been? Most of it's been like school trips and stuff. But so, okay, I'll take you through the full list. So, I was a baby. And I think it was my parents, me, my brothers weren't born at that time, but we went to Calais with family friends. Um, then I think I was either 12 or 13, but well, we did it in successive years. So then we went to a place in the south of France, which was my dad's mate's villa or someone he worked with at the time. I can't remember. That was near, that was in a place called Lamalou uh, in the south of France. We went there, I think 20, I'm going to say 2012, 2013. No, 2013, 2014, because we went to Derbyshire, I mean, home away from home, uh, in 2012, because the Olympics were on our, that's the only reason I remember it. Um, then 2015, I went to Pila in Italy, that was a school ski trip. 2016, mm-hmm. no. Okay, so early 2015, went to Pila, like summer. We went to Belgium. That was another school trip. That was like a battlefields history trip. Um, and then, oh my god, I actually can't remember half of them. That's crazy. But then I've also been to Salamanca in Spain twice, Madrid with my brother. Uh, not this new year, but last new year, um, before the pandemic. Um. I think that's it. That is so many places. It is. I wish I could. I just don't. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. I don't feel like I've travelled, though. That's the thing because it's been school trips. Obviously, we've always been in the group and like everything's Mm -hmm. scheduled, and you don't really get to go and see anywhere because you do the activities that they have planned. So, I mean, I think about like. Pila in Italy I mean firstly that place is on the French border anyway so you don't really get much of an Italian vibe and it was a ski resort so everyone there's a bit international anyway so so you want to go and experience the authentic like maybe Italian culture and stuff like that yeah that's what I mean so like when me and my brother went to Madrid that was like a proper a proper trip because Mm -hmm. you know we did our own thing um and I suppose we got that a bit with Salamanca as well that was more of a languages trip, but you know, uh, we stayed with like host families and we met people. I mean, there were two Italians in our uh, in the same, not the same room, but in the same flat as us. So, yeah. you know, that that was a really good experience. Um, but I mean, hopefully, I'm going to be going on this Erasmus year to Tenerife in September or nice. October. Nice. And hopefully, I mean, that will be a full school year. So I guess around eight nine months ish um but we'll see uh obviously brexit isn't doing that any favors or the pandemic obviously oh don't yeah. even get me started on brexit i've ordered loads of stuff on- online yeah no you told me about this the other day and it's just not coming every single time i order something it just gets here and then gets sent back and i don't know why and they always put on the form it's because of brexit but what in brexit is stopping my order you know oh 
I mean, that's obviously not not the biggest issue of Brexit, but that is one that is directly affecting me right now, and it's so. Ridiculous. So you say you say it's not a big issue. It's probably one of the bigger issues because mm. it's it's trade, you know. So that is true. How does that affect movement in and out of the UK, whether it's parcels or people? So I don't know. It's crazy that that happened. That happened in 2016. We're four years on. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the same year that Donald Trump was elected president? Because I remember both of the news like just happened to happen around about the same time, and I was just like, "Oh my god, everything is shit." (laughs) It was like a punch to the gut and then a punch to the face. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I've seen. I mean, obviously, as a podcaster, I feel obliged to watch Joe Rogan. So, I've seen some of his stuff, and some of it you know like the really highly viewed stuff is from like 2016 2017 and I'm watching it and I'm like I've, like I just don't look at the date and then you're like hold on a minute this is back then and they're like listing off all these things that might happen I'm like that happens yeah that that all that gets blown out of proportion that are oh, you know it's it's crazy to look back at those kind of videos and stuff and realize well, we're doing the same stuff now but it still feels like 2012 to be honest this this past like two years especially the past year have just gone tremendously quickly I mean I've had so much everything's changed so drastically but it feels like it's been like a month and it's very scary to think that's how fast time seems to be going yeah I mean I still feel like I'm 16 you know yeah mentally I'm 16 I mean I'm (laughs) Yeah, and I don't feel 20 at all. No. It's scary. It is scary. We're adults. <laughs> Doesn't mean we have to behave like adults. We no. need adults. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm meant to be at university, like, actually becoming an adult, but I'm still in, you know, at home. Yeah. Same. And it's not, it's not fun. I've it's been really to one fun. lecture in person. That's my whole university experience. And I moved into accommodation, quickly moved back home. Mm. It's just, it's been a nightmare. And I feel like a, a lot of people have been through very similar experiences. And especially yeah. for mental health, I feel like everyone, I mean, particularly at work, I'm still at Ikea. And I yeah. just feel like everyone is really feeling it now because it's been a year since we you know we first I think it was a year today that um it was announced that it was actually a pandemic and not an epidemic and everyone's feeling it and it's sad to see because especially for someone like myself who who's worked quite hard to get you know mental health a good level to then have the pandemic and and not being able to see friends and family it's definitely had an effect on me and you know everyone around me and it's quite sad to see but what is nice is that we've all pulled together and we are helping each other through it and that is really good to see and you do see it all around like people giving out food and, and such it's really lovely to see that sort of humanity you know and it is everywhere and it's yeah. lovely a hundred percent no i i completely agree it's um what times of crisis like this do and i think we also saw this with the black lives matter movement and everything that went on last summer is it highlights 
it gives the highlights and lowlights of society in equal measure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it's highlighted our ability to come together, uh, you know, as a society, um, whether it's, you know, to help those that aren't so fortunate or, you know, to, you know, stand up with racism mm-hmm. uh, recently as well um, with International Women's Day and the problems that women face. And, you know, we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, so, yeah. But it also shows what people at the top are doing to try and hide, you know, everything that they are doing um, and the direction that those guys at the top are pulling in, which isn't necessarily representative of what the regular people are feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to go on to what I just talked about um, over the past week or so, I'm going to say, um, you know, there's obviously been a huge I don't want to say outcry. Um, I suppose it is an outcry um, about the problems that women face. And this is, I think, come as a result of International Women's Day. So if I mean, if you're happy enough to talk about it, you know, what are your experiences in that kind of regard? Um, that's a very uh, broad question. Um, I mean... I love International Women's Day. I think it's very important to have because it does raise issues that perhaps some people aren't aware of, particularly men. Yeah. Um, actually, some other women as well, because some women do hold like values, for example, that place victim blaming and, and, and sort of stuff like that. There is definitely that culture of like sl- slut shaming in females and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's really important and it, it, you know I wish I could tell you someone who's never been catcalled or you know I wish I could sit here and say I've never been groped on a night out or you know things like that and um, yeah. I think people don't really I don't know I think it's good to sp- spread the awareness basically because people aren't necessarily aware that these things go on yeah. and whilst someone like you you know for example might not necessarily partake in such you know activities yourself it's good for you to be aware of it because if you see for example a woman being followed on a night out by a guy and they can clearly you know don't want the attention you are able to then step in and be like you know oh hi or pretend you know them and and try and get them out of that situation um yeah it is sad that we need it it is sad yeah it is why i asked the question though because obviously as a man we don't experience anything like that so I mean you know like you say I'm not someone that would go around groping people um or anything like that but at the same time I don't think there's anywhere near because obviously a large majority of men Mm -hmm. won't won't do it but at the same time they won't necessarily call guys out if it's maybe lower level you know if it's just the odd sexist comment or whatever they don't call it out and you know I've seen it um you know at every sort of stage of growing up but there isn't that kind of open conversation um you know I suppose it goes for the same with racism and the same with Mm. to you know mental health as well there just aren't open conversations with it but you know obviously it's 100% yeah it's why I asked the question because I don't feel I mean I live in a house with four men 
you know, I mean, my mum, you know, does a great job, but, you know, it's a house, it's a masculine house. So yeah. I don't feel like I have the opportunity to necessarily talk about that um, as, as much as I would want to, or as much in today's society and the context of today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, you wish you could never say that you've been groped on a night out. I've never even had the thought of, you know, of anything like that happening to me or like you say, being followed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the mentality with men is certainly that if you're walking back alone and someone uh, is following you or confronts you, you're expected to front up and fight them. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I you, I think the advice is very... Uh, is very different between the two obviously you hear all these different things I mean the list goes on and on for women for things you should do if you're walking back alone whether it's having your keys in your hand or calling someone or anything like that with men it's just sort of oh he he fronted up fighting then like or you know I, I got attacked on my way back why didn't you find him <laughs> yeah yeah I think and that's I think, a separate unit itself though isn't it where is there's a bit of like masculine toxicity you know I feel like it's a separate issue in itself and I think there is an international men's day for a reason because you know they struggle with things like mental health because there is this expectation in society that men have to be a certain way and they be manly all the time and fight and, and such I think both genders have their have their problems and their issues and I think particularly in this country because we are British and we don't necessarily have those conversations because it's hard and we have to stiff up a lip sort of you know I was feel just the same thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly feel comfortable having those conversations with someone like my mother for example who you know when I told her that I had PTSD depression and anxiety she just she just laughed me off and she was like no you don't it'd be silly and and that is the mentality I feel surrounds mental health and you know it's sad that no one can talk about it without without making petty comments like no you're not depressed you're just sad or you know don't have PTSD be silly you've never served in the army sort of thing so yeah yeah, no, I, especially with the uh, the subject of PTSD and like you say, with the military, I was watching something on YouTube the other day um, and it was an ex, ex-British Army sniper, um, obviously a guy that's been through more than anyone can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was on the Lab Bibles channel. I think it was either that or The Wired. Um, and they they did the video of like his interview and then I think it was a couple of days ago so that initial interview was a year ago they released a uh, follow-up video sort of re- you know, responding to comments stuff like that um and it was uh, saddening more than anything because obviously you know that video had over a million views um and a lot of very very positive and supportive comments but the negative comments that they pulled from it um you know attention seeking um can't handle wall why did you go in the army you know it's all those kind of things which 
I mean, you just have to write off because people just don't understand. They just don't understand. And how someone yeah. say that to someone who's even you know served for their country mm. is is shocking. Exactly. Is shocking. Or indeed anyone that has yeah. you know been yeah. through a situation which has you know triggered PTSD. I mean, I've I've never suffered it, from it. I don't you know uh, I don't know <laughs> sort of this is the other thing is um people feel that they don't experience stuff so they don't know how to talk about it and when they mm-hmm. form an opinion on something that they've not experienced that's when things start getting a bit dodgy yeah. um yeah. it comes I think I had a conversation with someone the other night about uh white privilege mm-hmm. um and she was telling me about how there was a guy at her school uh this girl's uh, asian ethnicity um and the school was the asian ethnicity majority uh and there was uh, a white guy at her school um who denounced any kind of white privilege or anything like that um because he'd never felt that he'd had it Right. Because he'd been in a school where he was in an ethnic minority. So obviously that's where that comes from. But obviously the whole thing around white privilege is within wider society, i.e., you know, he's so many times less likely to get pulled over by the police or stopped in the street or stopped walking around at night, whatever. Um but that that comes down to an individual situation and he's formed his opinion. But on still, that individual situation but obviously he still has white privilege because you know he's white at the end of the day whereas for someone like myself or yourself um obviously growing up in devon it is a very majority white area and even you know people that aren't necessarily british are still eastern european white we don't necessarily have uh, any black or asian communities or certainly not as big as mm-hmm. those in bigger cities so there are a lot of people that perhaps would say they've not felt white privilege because they've never seen what white privilege means in an actual societal context. I think uh, as a man, it's obviously, it's sometimes difficult to connect with the same kind of problems that women have. Um, But it's one of those things that we have to, you know, as many examples have been shown on different social platforms over the past couple of weeks, we have to be open to asking questions and, um, you know, just being able to sit and listen. And uh, definitely, if not fully understand, then at least trying to understand. Uh, yeah, know, and I think there's a there. lot more of that. Yeah, yeah. That is, no. it's definitely going that way, isn't it? Yeah, slowly but surely. I mean, um, I've seen some stuff today, you know, I think, I, okay, I think, I mean, it's never going to happen, but Facebook and Instagram, if they Mm -hmm. were to completely get rid of the comment sections, like, you know, redesign how posts are done, it may help things, because I feel like comment sections, firstly, we all know are toxic places, but at the same time, they breed that kind of mentality where you can say stuff and just get away with it. And that's something I've seen today um, 
with some stuff that ESPN and guys like that have put out about the NCAA women's basketball tournament. Um, because, oh, really? Yeah, so essentially, um, I think it was either a coach or a player. Um, so they're in this kind of bubble, so they've got all the teams in this one area. Um, and so, you know, obviously the men and the women are separate in, within the facility, but the men's weight room is like a full you know kind of gym it's got everything that high level high level athletes need whereas the women's weight room is literally one small stack of weights uh, and some yoga mats now the ncaa which is the governing body claims that it was a uh, space issue rather than a money issue because they just didn't have the space but there was an entire Lord, sort right. of yeah no i mean this was all completely you know disproved in this woman's video um but the point that I'm alluding to here is the comment section underneath that was full of, you know, what we would call these 13-year-old trolls, um, you know. It, it's one of those problems that I think could it be solved very easily. It mentality, doesn't it? It, it? it encourages it for sure, which yeah. is unfortunate because it, you know. It's tricky, you, though. It is tricky. Oh, for sure it is. For sure it is. But um, I think it's a problem that could be solved. I mean, obviously not the entire issue, but a problem certainly in how it spreads uh, could be fixed by doing something with yeah. these comment sections. But, you know, I'm not the head of Apple or uh, indeed Facebook. So, you know, <laughs> what does my opinion? Unfortunately. Matter? Unfortunately. Um, it but, is know. a real problem yeah it's a real problem definitely and i assume you know you see yeah. these you see all these kind of statistics and they're all it can be toxic i think a lot of the time it is toxic i mean you'll know that yourself through uh through veganism with any kind of post there is always some kind of some kind of troll, troll. In there. Yeah. yeah it's it's annoying more than anything because it's it's difficult it is difficult yeah it's, it's you know how far can you go before it's then it's it's taking away people's rights to say what they want to say and the stuff you know I mean it's very difficult to control these things but it yeah. is I think social media is such a toxic place anyway like I don't know about you but I find myself finding just being so depressed by it and there's so much hate and don't get me wrong there is there's nice stuff out there too but it just it does encourage this this herd mentality of I can say and do whatever I want just because I'm online and people you know I study psychology and and people just hide behind their screens basically and it, it is sad it really is and definitely more needs to be done to protect people from trolls and such because it is a massive problem you know with with the modern advances of technology come modern problems such as trolling and 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 stuff like that and yeah I agree with you on that one yeah yeah no and you know I reciprocate you know what you just said um it is a massive problem but again how far can you go with restricting it Mm -hmm. until you start impinging on people's free speech um, I think to use a 
a much different example with uh, with terrorism. Stick with me on this because I realise that's a that's quite the statement. Um, with you know people sort of religious outreach and everything that goes into that, how far do you let that go before it starts inciting hate on other religions or other groups? And I think to be fair, that's kind of the where the line is drawn is when it starts inciting hate towards other people. Um, certainly, I think the world could take a much more libertarian view on this, mm-hmm. that meaning that if it doesn't affect you personally, uh, it again, I mean, I've just answered my own question in my head there. The libertarian view of it is if it doesn't affect you directly, then it doesn't matter to you. Whereas that's not something that we can say about race relations or anything like that, because, you know, the problems that uh, a black or an Asian man would face are not the same as the ones that I would face. But I think it's very important that the people, I mean, like myself as a white man, um, are aware of those problems and, you know, uh, can can check other guys that, you know, are around me to try and improve their situation. And the same thing goes for for uh, sexist remarks that, you know, get thrown around quite quite loosely uh, between men. And, you know, it's something that, I, you know, as a member of the community, uh, it's important to check that and to make sure that it doesn't go past the point of you know, a joke or anything outside of what you would actually say to someone in person. Yeah. Um, because it's one thing to say it to your mate who you've known for 10 years, who you know is just going to have a giggle out of it. But to say it to someone, you know, just in the street uh, is a whole is a whole different ballgame, a whole different ballgame. But for sure, I do. I feel that it's uh, a responsibility, you know, certainly that I've got to at the very least educate myself on these matters yeah and and like I say to try and keep the guys around me in check and make sure that they're doing their best to educate themselves on these matters as well yeah it is tricky I mean again you know these are these are very hot topics we're talking about here yeah exactly and I I think it's easy for people to also minimize you know like guys have their problems too I'm not saying that you know any any better or any worse you know I'm not comparing them but like I think it's also important that that people are aware that guys in you know, mental health and things like that people <clears throat> tend to underestimate you know I mean I don't know exactly the statistic for men you know for their suicide rates and stuff but I know that's quite high because there is that expectation in society that men have to be manly and and stuff and I think yeah. you know with regards to the the movement and, and women there is a barrier between us that we we can break you know it's not going to be easy but if we just take time to educate ourselves like you said you know yeah. I mean being catcalled being followed being groped being raped you know that that's not great it's not crazy you know, that's that's the world's biggest understatement but you know what exactly. I mean yeah. and like by people like you educating yourself that that's the only way that we can go forward you know I mean and and I say it like that because I think 
us women also need a bit of education it's, it's no good you know it's a sort of it's a conversation I feel mm. like rather yeah. than I don't want to seem like you know the women are saying that every single man is bad and I think that has it has been taken that way yeah and no certainly I've seen um, various analogies of, of why you know yeah no I yeah. I saw it's I mean, tricky we are living in in trying times right now yeah no definitely and it, it comes back to the uh, Facebook comments with this but to to further what you just said about you know sorting sort of grouping men as a whole you know just saying men are innately bad um I do think that's where it sort of pushed is pushed a little bit too far um because you know the whole conversation is about sexual assault it's about rape it's about you know all the things that you mentioned Mm -hmm. which in themselves are criminal acts you know it's very much against the law to do any of those things so to group all men as threats to that is to my mind at least to group all men as criminals now I mean I know in myself that I would never do any of those kind of things and I'm sure a lot of all of my friends and you know guys around me would never even dream of those things um but I think that's that's the point you kind of alluded to a bit there is Mm -hmm. it comes to a point of uh we you know it needs to be tackling criminals as opposed to men as a whole yeah I say I agree with that although I don't think I mean I don't speak for all women at all but personally I think where they're coming from is that there are enough of men that are cautious of a man we you know encounter you know and it's like I think there was an analogy of if there was a box of chocolates and you knew that like two of them were poisoned and the rest were fine would you still eat it or something along those lines yeah because you know you just we just don't know that that you know and I think that's where that's come from I think men have taken it quite personally because you know a good man like yourself would never dream of, of doing such things you're quite offended because you're like I don't want to be seen like that and I get that um but I also get where people come from in regards to why you know if I saw a random guy on a night out I wouldn't necessarily trust him as much as I would as another female on a night out and and it is sad it is sad but there is a reasoning behind it and like we were having this conversation at work uh, and in my like friendship group the other day and I was very surprised to hear the amount of people that actually have been raped and sexually assaulted and I can tell you now it is pretty much every single one of my friends and it is devastating and I didn't I didn't know how often it was going on until I had these conversations and yeah. it is very harrowing and I consider myself to be quite lucky that you know I've even touched up and, and stuff like that this is just sickening to think I mean that's why the conversations like this one we're having now are just so important yeah to, you know, get yeah, that exactly. get it out there and educate people you know exactly yeah yeah no I it is shocking when you actually do hear statistics and when you speak to people in everyday life uh, people that you would never imagine those kind of things happening to and like I say, it is, 
it is so sad that that happens but it comes back to what we said earlier it is a responsibility of not just men but you know everyone is humans to try and educate ourselves do our own research you know have difficult conversations um you know certainly i mean even the one we're having now is not the easiest it's not you know something that you can talk loosely on um but it does come back to have taking the individual responsibility you know with both genders or indeed with any gender um to educate ourselves around those matters and around everything involved with it you know it's yeah. it's like we said on we've said on so many other episodes it, it ties in with strive to be the best person you can be definitely um, and yeah. educating yourself on those matters is of course a part of that obviously the other matters that we talk about about discipline about motivation about you know going out for a run or getting yourself fit everything like that it all ties in with this same idea of striving to be the best person that you can be and if you look at any kind of role models they're certainly uh doing that about themselves and of course sometimes it can see as it can be seen as um you know just sort of a courtesy to put to post something about it or to post a statement or to post a sentence that make that is meant to make you know take people aback but um for sure it it's something that every individual has a responsibility to do um and it's certainly something that I want to try and reflect uh in the show you know we're trying at least um to to keep things moving forward and keep educating ourselves yeah um but yeah it's it, it all comes back to that idea of being the best person you can be and that that does resonate with me quite highly or that you know millions and millions of animals are tortured and slaughtered for their food every year and, and such even. you know yeah. well yeah exactly too many yeah way too many this is a, a point i i did an interview with a guy uh a few days ago about veganism in sports and if this is a point that i raised with him is i mean if you was to have a pie chart there is a tiny tiny portion of it of stuff that you know that you know i mean i know one plus one is two i know that the earth is round i know that billions of animals are killed every year controversial statement there chris well i mean (laughs) (laughs) certainly uh i'm sure someone someone will say something about the earth being flat but then there's a whole other part of this part of this pie chart of stuff i mean a much bigger portion of stuff that we know that we don't know i mean i couldn't tell you the square root of 5732 um i know i don't know that but the majority part of this and this is sort of the point that i'm getting to is stuff we don't know that we don't know uh sort of the double negative in that and i think that's that's what comes in when we talk about veganism um I mean, like I was saying, the guy that I was talking to, he had no idea of some of the statistics I was able to give him. Um, I mean, all verified sources, and I can put the website uh, in the YouTube comments for this video, at least. Um, So, you know, awakening people to stuff 
like that, especially stuff that is on such a serious topic as animal exploitation and and of course veganism. Um, it's it is a rough process because it's a lot for your mind to absorb in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And like I said, once you get into details of it and sort of how how what methods are used and the certain procedures that are done, uh, you know, that only makes it more difficult. But at the same time, it's traumatizing. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I mean, you've watched Dominion. Um, I've not personally. Uh, I do plan to in the near future. But um, certainly with the more knowledge you gain, and this is, again, something we've talked about in other shows, is the more knowledge you gain, uh, you know, the wider your mind becomes. uh, A lot of the stuff you can't unsee. So there is a price to pay I, I suppose you can say yeah. it like that for you know obtaining knowledge because the reality is the world is a very very difficult place uh to live to live in um yes and there is a lot of evil that goes on in the world however as we said with the uh with everything with sexism uh it's about educating and becoming the best people we can be and educating others on that and uh making something to making it something to aspire to yeah so definitely you know i certainly feel like veganism is something that everyone should aspire to um you know like you know it's we come back to the point of how there is no argument against it you know we're not it's never for any there's no there's no sideshow to it there's nothing you know, there's no ulterior motive. Um, it, you know, it is purely to end animal exploitation to the best extent it can be. And it comes back, you know, people say, of course, um, you know, you have, there's always going to be some kind of animal exploitation. And unfortunately, there will be. Um, but the point of veganism is not to eliminate it all. It's to reduce it to its lowest possible. Yeah. You know, it, it comes back to the... Um, Oh, what's the the example? It's uh, like harvesters killing a field mouse or something like that. Yeah. Harvesting corn. Or even like medications and stuff. We will get onto medication in just a second because I do want to talk about that. But okay. Yeah, it's 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 about reducing it to its lowest possible level, and once we can do that, you know, the world will become a much better place. And when we say lowest possible level, that does not include what people like to eat you know what you like to eat changes over the course of your life I I mean I've just started eating rice cakes again I've not ate, eaten them since I was about four years old and they're brilliant but yeah, like we say people's likes and dislikes change over time and mm-hmm. once you see the facts on how certain things are produced compared to others um I think any reasonable person with any sense of moral morals plural um we'll we'll make that decision and you know I've said this to family I've said this to multiple other friends is I I will never try and convince you that you need to be a vegan I will just give you all the facts you want to hear and yeah let you make your mind up from there because I know you as a person yeah and I know that for the most part you are a really good person uh so I know the decision that you'll make if you're willing to listen to those facts unfortunately a lot of the time 
yeah. people aren't willing to listen to the facts. Um, that is exactly it. That is yeah. the difficulty with veganism and the biggest the biggest fight we have is that it's so normalised. The level of cognitive dissonance is just mm. it's phenomenal. And if you try to talk to someone about veganism, you're labelled immediately as a preachy vegan. And, yeah. you know, we've had many conversations about this before. It does get to me. Because yeah. when you're trying to fight the good fight that we are, you know, and you, it, it, it is difficult. And like you said, you can't force someone to be a vegan. You know, if you try and guilt them into it, they're just going to hate you. And I think that's why vegans have such a bad name is because... You know, people don't like to feel bad about their actions. And no. like you said, if you present them with the facts and them come to their own conclusion, they're more likely to, you know, take that journey for themselves. And hopefully it would last longer than if yeah. you force them to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And with what you just said about guilt tripping people into stuff like that, um, for a lot of the way that I've educated myself on how to outreach and how to conduct myself as an activist I don't think that it's actually a just way of being an activist you know whether it's veganism environmentalism anything else uh you know any kind of course that people are fighting for if you try and guilt trip people guilt trip people into anything it's mm-hmm. really not a just way to do it because it you know it's underhand more than anything you know I'd much rather tell someone or try and convince someone this is the best pen in the world, you, you know, use this pen, it's amazing, rather than saying, you know, your pen's terrible, like, just use this, something like that. Um, but to come back to medicine, um, this is something that I've, I mean, I've dealt with medicine my entire life, I'm asthmatic, so, you know, I've been out and out, in and out of hospital many times over the years and, you know, had multiple operations for, you know, various things. And um, certainly medicine within veganism, this is a conversation I actually had with someone today. Um, it's probably the greyest of areas that we have. For the most part, it's very black and white, you know, but medicine is something. I mean, some people need it to survive. Um, a lot of people need it just to get healthy again. Yeah. But where is that line drawn? And in this conversation I've had today, the point that we came to with it was if it is life-threatening to the person or if it's going to be severely detrimental to your own health then there is a potential that you could justify using some kind of medication uh, having exhausted all other options first. Um, This comes as a result of an asthma review that I had uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was prescribed tablets for asthma again that I've not had since I was maybe 13 but after going through and highlighting the ingredient sheet um, they contain lactose monohydrate uh, which is a crystallized derivative of uh, cow's milk Uh, so I'm not taking them at the moment and it's not negatively impacting my health not taking them they're almost so the reason I, I was prescribed them is obviously with COVID going on. I think my doctor is trying to sort of double lock me in terms, you know, mm-hmm. safely with asthma. 
Um, and, you know, obviously I'm very thankful for that, but I think I'm going to need to have another phone call uh, to discuss different options because that's not something I can justify. You know, I'm sure that it will help my asthma. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure it did when I was younger. I, I don't really remember. But it's not something that whilst I can control it just with a regular inhaler, it's not something that I can justify. So I, you yeah. know, I just wanted to ask you what your, firstly, what your thoughts are, and then if you have any experiences with this medicine. And obviously, it's something I thought about yeah. as well with the vaccine um, that I've had today. I've not actually looked into the ingredients of the AstraZeneca, but I feel that that is justified because not Definitely. only is it, yeah, not only is it on an individual level. You know, if I was to get COVID, it could be very bad for me with asthma. But at the same time, you know, um, you have to look at yourself outside the bubble. Um, and, you know, I mean, if I was to be carrying it, I could, you know, theoretically kill someone much older than myself or someone yeah, that's definitely. more vulnerable than myself. So it's I feel bigger that... than you. Exactly. It? Exactly. So in that sense, I feel that it is justified. But, you know, of course, you know, have your time. Um, yeah. So. What are your experiences? Have you, you know, what are your views on it as well? Um, so every medication that I am meant to take has lactose in. So, for example, my birth control pills. Yeah. They do not manufacture any that don't have lactose in. There is not one single brand that manufactures. So I have to take them. Yeah. And I have to this might be oversharing because I'm not allowed to have a period because I get so severely anemic so it is potentially life-threatening because I have been in hospital before um so that's how I justify taking these I'm not particularly but for me this is much better than any other birth control that is on the market and in the future I'm hoping that somehow they will develop another one because certain other options aren't available to me and Things such as antihistamines. I'm extremely allergic to my cat and I also have hay fever. Um, so I usually, well, I used to take one or two every single day and until I found out that they also contained lactose. So I looked around and again, no one makes any antihistamines, that, you know, oral ones yeah. that, that don't contain lactose. And it is so frustrating. So for a while, I just sort of accepted it and, and just sort of shopped around. And now yeah. I've managed to completely come almost completely away from the tablets to just sort of live like nasal sprays and stuff like that. So I found a way around that. But... Yeah. At times when it is so severe that I'm getting nosebleeds within, you know, like for for days, I have to take, you know, tablets. That is how, again, I justify it because, like you said, you know, it's not nice, basically. Yeah. And but it is very difficult. You know, where do you draw that line? Because I'm here, like, complaining that a nosebleed and and being sneezy isn't nice, but equally exploiting an animal for its milk, you know. For her milk because you know yeah. she's forcefully impregnated she is a person why should I exploit her just so that I feel better and yeah. it is something that I'm trying to move completely away from but it's so frustrating that you know my birth control pills that there's pretty much no way around it but 
like we said you know veganism isn't about eliminating every single thing that you you know it's just about to the to the extent I don't know how do you know what the exact definition is isn't it to the fullest extent yeah I think it's I mean I don't want to say how I defined it was perfect but it was very it's certainly very similar to how I defined it in that reducing the amount that we exploit animals to yeah. the lowest possible degree um yeah you know whether that is just a harvester killing a mouse in a field um or whether it's lactose being needed in medicine it's um yeah. you know like you say it's to the lowest possible extent yeah. um obviously you know diets are not included in that um there's plant alternatives for everything um clothing is another completely unnecessary one you know leather I couldn't agree more yeah um but it's yeah. frustrating it is yeah but you know like you say it's to the lowest possible extent is how yeah. I think you would see the sort of I'm not going to call them influencers but activists uh like Jerry Carbstrong uh James Aspie I think that's how those guys would explain it and define it yeah and I, I consider myself a vegan despite you know despite having to take certain tablets because like you said it is to the fullest extent you know yeah and I know for a fact that I'm doing everything in my power to avoid animal products yeah and I really truly hope that one day it, it will be completely you know because that is literally the only thing that I definitely cannot live yeah. without it's the birth control and occasionally antihistamines but it yeah. is sad it is sad that you can't move fully away I mean why on earth it is necessary to have lactose in every single medication you know I mean yeah it's not necessarily every single one but I, I'd say the majority it's frustrating I know that I mean this this goes for food I'm not sure to what extent this is true of medicine but lactose lactose is a separate thing from milk um you know I want to just sort that out at the top of this so milk is one product and that goes you know obviously to the dairy industry but lactose is a separate product that's separated I believe Mm -hmm. Uh, again if I'm wrong on this then anyone feel free to fact check me Um, and lactose is essentially a byproduct of milk production now obviously milk is a massively subsidized uh, state subsidized product and so therefore there are huge amounts of lactose that are just as that are just there as a byproduct and at least for food they just throw it in there it's not necessary it's you know it doesn't add to anything uh it doesn't improve the flavor or anything it's just it's just sugar it is sugar yeah exactly um and it's it's, it's something, the sugar that's found in milk yeah so like i say it is literally just thrown in there because it's a byproduct it's very 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 cheap to my knowledge um and so yeah why you know i mean we can sell this for very cheap and they can do what they want with it i don't know to what extent that goes with medicine um 
but I can imagine it's a similar kind of story. I can imagine sugar in a kind of medicine would also give yeah. you I potentially do. a kind of placebo effect and giving you an energy boost as well. I think the reasoning behind it is because lactose settles the stomach, so it's easier mm. for yeah. absorption of the medicine. So it is used as a settler, basically. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, it does it, it settle aids the absorption. instead of yeah. kind of irritating. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. do understand that that's the reasoning they have of putting it in there, but I'm certain that they could find something that has a similar effect. You know, I mean, like we substitute our milk with oat milk and, and such. I'm sure that there's ways around it that we could definitely explore yeah. in the future. But like you said, for now, it may just be that that is the most readily available and, and cheaply available thing that yeah. we have. Yeah. And um I mean, as I said, you know, milk is a is a state subsidised product because mm. at the end of the day, it's a failing industry, failing massively. And I think, as we see the collapse of the milk of the dairy industry, again, ballpark figure, but within the next twenty to thirty years, um, I think that it will be not only beneficial but more profitable for organizations whether it's the state whether it's farmers unions to look into producing some other kind of product that replaces lactose i mean certainly you know again this is another argument that is given against veganism but it puts farmers out of work well our aim is not to take away anyone's jobs or livelihood i know that there are certainly foundations set up in the us i'm sure there are in the uk as well and certainly in australia that are set up purely with the intention of helping dairy or meat or wool farmers transition to a kind of plant-based crop style farming um so you know for don't think for the the smallest of seconds that we ever want to take away anyone's livelihood again there is no there is no side in side intention or uh malpractice within veganism It it is purely on a positive on a positive note and again you know if you want to I mean you know I say it's purely on a positive note if you are completely aware of the facts and you continue to abuse animals then yeah we're going to think you're a dick um but that that's on you at that point yeah that's not on anyone exactly else. I mean no absolutely and you know it I mean, obviously, the the absolute priority is animals and animal welfare, whether it's cows, sheep, chickens, um, you know, any other kind of standard farm animal. But indeed, you know, in the east, in the far east, dogs, guinea pigs, um, kangaroos, every animal that you can think of, uh, you know, even down to rats and mice in labs, every animal is exploited in some way around the world um and obviously i don't want this i don't want the show to you know get you know get sad it's it it is obviously a very sad topic but um we can be we can certainly be happy that there are ways around this uh and to stop it from happening um Mm -hmm. of course there are you know hundreds of petitions out there there are so many different pages that you can donate to so many different foundations um and like we said it comes it comes back to educating yourself on on the facts um and you know 
putting putting yourself in the circle uh putting yourself in the circle as in uh, in in the line of the circle rather than in the center of the circle it's eco above ego um and, you know if you can shrink your ego and or at least you know control it to a level where you have an objective view on life and an, and an objective view to be the best possible person you can be um you know not being ruled by your own taste buds or your own your own biases yeah then, you know i certainly think you're on the way to to doing that but you know um <laughs> veganism is a topic that we can definitely talk about all day uh you know myself and Paige are very devout vegans uh like you know as we've obviously expressed we do everything we can and of course if you've got any kind of questions um you know myself or Paige they would be more than happy to to help answer them and of course you know get in touch with us on uh the Instagram pages that you'll see uh in the ending credits um but obviously not everyone in the world's vegan um so this show won't solely be about veganism um I know that you also are in a choir is that right or a singing group a cappella cappella group (laughs) sorry I got that very wrong but a cappella group yes so I mean what's all that about um it's great I guess it's just a way of expressing myself and I'm very privileged to be a part of it you know the sweet nothings group is amazing and I've many of them in person but they're just fantastic and it's nice to have people to talk to and making music has been something that I've always been passionate about I think music brings people together and I think it's more powerful than people realize and yeah I love singing and I think my main role at the moment is beatboxing (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's a skill and um, yeah. I'm hoping to do more singing next year but you know even the little bits of singing that I do it, it does it does bring a smile to my face because it, it's just a happy thing to do isn't it I mean I don't know yeah. about you do you sing Chris uh outside of the shower I don't <laughs> <laughs> but um no I mean I you know I obviously love music um it's something that is very very helpful if nothing else uh, with languages yeah. uh, the Spanish and Italian uh, cultures both have phenomenal artists and you know very very good uh, music of their own cultures as you know as the English speaking world does as well so you know I like I say I, I do love music uh, and I, I like a very wide variety of music that I'm not in the business of uh, creating any so to speak I mean, the, the opening and uh, closing credits, though, uh, on the podcast, I did compose them on GarageBand. So, you know, there's something to be said there. There's something to oh, be you're said there. Oh, you a connoisseur. That's fantastic. I, like I say, I try. But I'm not claiming that I know anything about music, you know. Oh, uh, it, it's beautiful. I've always been, you know, I play so many instruments, trumpet trombone piano and you know it is is lovely it brings people together especially being part of 
because I'm part of big band as well at university although I've never met anyone yeah but being in like say for example the cathedral for example it is just phenomenal when I think it was back in 20 I don't know 2018 probably a bit earlier when I did a solo in the middle of the cathedral and it was unaccompanied and it was just the most phenomenal feeling ever yeah and music to me is something that I don't know it it definitely is a very powerful thing and I know that sounds really wishy-washy to say but when I'm in a bad mood as a power yeah the motivation that I need to get through it and I think it's something that that definitely brings people together rather than segregating it is a universal language almost everyone loves music and you don't have to necessarily speak a language to hear music, you know, like the Eurovisions and, and, and stuff like that. You don't yeah. have to understand what they're saying to appreciate a good piece of music. And that that's great for me because, well, I just enjoy it, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, it's it's something that doesn't have borders. Um, and like you say, you don't have to understand another language to enjoy language to enjoy music of another language or another culture. Um, so you know it's phenomenal that you know you have that other interest you know outside of everything else that goes on obviously with your psych degree and uh and horses as well so you know it's it's i, I love it when we have someone yeah <laughs> no i love it when you know we have someone on the show that is really passionate about something and that's the that's the aim that i try and get out of every guest that i have on the show is what is your passion um, I mean, obviously, with Chris Thomas, it's bodybuilding. With Vinny, it's self-discipline and motivation, and obviously yeah. the Marines. Um, with Jake, it's mental health and pushing the the uh, the pushing the movement with that forwards. Um, and obviously, yourself with veganism and, and with music as well. It, it's it's phenomenal to hear, you know, especially when people can speak passionately about their interests and about what they like and you know what they feel like they've got to give to the world do you know what I mean yeah that's the lovely way of putting it yeah because I I do think that everyone has something to give to the world and you know that's something that uh that recording with Jake has really taught me is uh everyone has a reason for being here whether it's you know to be to be a writer to be a singer uh, to be an athlete whatever you know there's always there's always mm-hmm. something you can do um so you know whoever's watching this uh, if if you do feel lost if you don't have uh, that kind of passion then the best advice I think I can give is to go and try everything um and it's something that I've that a lot of the guys that I follow uh they they you know really emphasize because if you if you don't have a passion it's not that there is nothing out there for you it's that you just haven't found it yet um obviously some people are blessed with finding that very early others find it later in life some people may go through an entire career and then go on and find their passion later in life so if it hasn't happened to you yet that is absolutely fine if it has then great job triple down on it because you know as much as you can focus on your weaknesses to become better rounded and of course you know we all should take responsibility to educate ourselves on our weaknesses especially if they are in 
areas of you know gender equality and race equality and everything like that um you know make sure you work on your strengths as well because your strengths are what will make you happy for sure you know because at the end of the day winning makes everything better and if you feel like you're winning life if you're winning the day life is just better so yeah no I I definitely I mean I loved hearing you speak so passionately on music just there and uh, it's I mean it's like we say you know we speak passionately on veganism as well and it's something that you know it's it's one of my things is you know I love finding that side of people and you know being able to share that with people is something that I really enjoy for sure that's brilliant yeah that is yeah. really good well I mean you know like you say um, everyone's got a reason everyone's got a passion you know you just need to find it but to be fair um, I think that about does us for today uh, obviously the first female on the show I can't thank you enough um, <laughs> thank you for having me it's been lovely no honestly I, like I say you're welcome back on any any time you like um, I do actually have our second female guest lined up for sometime next week uh, so hopefully we'll be having another Perfect. another episode out yeah I mean you know like I say it's something that I've discussed off air with a lot of people um, you know some people have asked me is it only going to be guys on your show and initially that's just how it was because naturally my best friends are guys um, yeah. so you know when when you're starting something like this you do just try to pull in the people that you think can help you the most but certainly as it's expanded as and as I've gained experience with it um you know it, it's something that I've wanted to do for you know some time now is you know obviously expand um you know to having female guests and I've also got something lined up in a couple of weeks which is going to expand it even more I'm not nice. going to reveal that yet but like, I'm very <laughs> very excited about that um let's just see I, well, I'm I need, glad to be a part of it yeah no and like I say you know I hugely appreciate you coming on and indeed any of the guests um so yeah like I say you're welcome back on any time you like um and obviously thanks to everyone for watching uh, we'll see you on the next one <laughs> <laughs>